Hi, Sam here, host of People Explained. Today we're exploring a topic that's a game changer for any entrepreneur, the why behind your business. This isn't just about goals and aspirations, it's about the core purpose that drives your passions and guides your decisions. When we're talking about your why, we're delving into the essence of your business. It's about understanding the deeper motivation behind your work. Take Elon Musk, for example. His vision for SpaceX, Tesla, and all the other businesses he has goes beyond just revolutionizing travel. It's about improving the sustainability efforts of humanity, as well as making sure that we survive much longer than experts have planned we have with the damage we're doing to the planet. Another person, Jeff Bezos, his vision with Amazon in the start wasn't just to sell books, it was to revolutionize e-commerce. And over time, he actually realized that what he needed to focus on was the customer experience. So that's why things like Amazon Prime are so popular because it puts the customer at the focus of the business. So his why is always about pleasing the customer and making sure that they're getting the best service possible or the lowest price possible. And a fair few of our previous guests have shared how their why isn't just a part of their business plan. It's the heart and soul of what they do. So we're going to revisit a few of these inspiring conversations and give you a rough idea of, you know, what your why could look like. First up will be Selena Shans. Next up will be Justin Shank. Next will be Mark and John Cronin. Joey Drollshagen will be after that. And also Erin Marcus will follow up last. I don't separate out business and personal. I know all the books tell you you're supposed to, this is what you do here. I don't do that. I mean, it's just so part of my life. Um, and so I think finding who you are as a person and, and saying, this really drives me. And can I really get this passion fulfilled in a corporate structure? And if you can, buy, and, and that's what you want to do, fantastic. Then, then go that route and gain your skills and, and work up the corporate ladder. Nothing wrong with that. I think entrepreneurs are a little bit different breed in that they're a little bit crazy. They have, they're always like... Um, always self-doubting in a way, like, can I really do this? And then challenging themselves to do it, which is so so awesome. And uh, when people will bring up ideas and say, can this be done? And people say, no, it can't be done. Entrepreneurs are usually one that say, well, why, why not? Yeah. So I think that, you know, those are kind of the traits of an entrepreneur. I, also too, I think my upbringing without having control and having stability, it allowed me to chart my own course. and. In the corporate world, or when I took jobs, I would just tap out at a certain level, you know, and that was not satisfying for me because I knew I could do more. Um, I have worked in one agency in an interim. I was a VP of marketing, uh, and they were working with doctors and, and, and this type of thing. And I remember going in for that interview, and the gentleman that run the agency, he said, I tell you what, I'll give you... Um, a salary, you know, that's pretty good, or I'll give you a lesser salary and a bonus structure where you can earn unlimited potential. So three months in, he called me into his office and he handed me my paycheck for the month. And he goes, I just want you to know that you made more money than me this, this month. <laughs> and I said, well, I suggest you get busy then. <laughs> my, and, we, and I laughed and then I walked out of the room. So I think entrepreneurs innately believe in themselves. They know that they can do it. And so 
if you can achieve that in a corporate environment, great. But if you feel you can't, you're probably an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. You've got to go out on your own and, and do the thing the way you want to do it. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's always that one person that you, you would have seen growing up or you would see in your life. It's like they just can't hold down a job that, you know, they're really bad here or they can't turn up on time, all this kind of stuff. It's like if you work for yourself, yes, you're going to have to still turn up and do all this and do all that. But you don't have that person on top of you telling you what to do or you don't have that limit on your earning you know it's one of those things yes. where i've seen time and time again people that are dedicated to sports or people that are dedicated to very you know niche small things they make great entrepreneurs because they understand that if i do something consistently over time that builds and that grows and okay if something goes wrong i can correct it like this you know especially with a game like basketball there's so many different moving parts you got to know how to dribble well you got to know how to shoot well you got to know how to do layups you got to know how to defend if you can't do all of that you're not going to be a good all-round player and no one's going to want you on the team and it's the same with entrepreneurship when you first start out it's just you it's a one-on-one -on -one game and by one-on-one -on -one, I mean it's you versus you you've got to turn up every day That's for yourself it. you've got to keep going and as you're building and growing then yes you start to build a bigger team and you start to have you know less responsibilities but still you still have that itch to to kind of be like oh how much bigger can this go how much more can I put into this and I'm glad that you said that you can't you know separate your personal life from your business life because it was like one day when I was probably about nine or ten it was like I I woke up and I switched on this entrepreneurial brain I was like hang on we go to the shop and we buy you know toilet paper we go to the shop and we buy paint in a tin and you think oh yeah that's just there it's like no someone's getting rich off this someone made the tin someone made the handles someone made the paint someone made the toilet roll and the car I was like geez wait and it was really overwhelming for me because I was like so there's so many businesses that could be started but it's, once you know what you can do or what you want to do, then it's about focusing in on that. And I, I feel like that's partly what your mission is right now is helping people kind of take in all these, you know, random things that are coming in. A lot of people will be like, oh, do drop shipping, do this, do, do an agency model. And you're like, no, no, no. What's for you? And how can we get you there? You know, step by step, piece by piece, rather than just showing you the, the big picture, we're going to, you know, help you connect the dots. Exactly, because who they are as an entrepreneur is really going to drive how the business gets set up and what's going to make them happy. If we set it up in a way, okay, there may be one great way of setting it up that's going to maximize profit, but it's not going to work for their lifestyle or what, what at this point. So it's like, okay, how do you grow into that then? How do you take steps along the way to ensure your happiness, you know, you've got a well-rounded life? And work is certainly part of it and a big part of it. And you have these other things going on that also feed you as a human being. That's so critical. Six years ago, I was kind of lost. Like I was in the corporate world, not happy. I was doing well, you know, financially, but I wasn't happy. I wasn't fulfilled. And at that point in my life, I had three failed businesses that I tried to launch on my own. And I was, I was like, clearly I'm bad at this entrepreneur thing. Uh, and so I was like, let me create a podcast where I can interview entrepreneurs and pick their brain uh, and learn from them and then start to implement that into my life. And what ended up happening was six months before I launched the show, my mom lost a 20 year battle to opioids and it completely changed my perspective of life. Mm -hmm. uh, it went from realizing that I was trying to appease society because mm -hmm. society told me that once I got all the things and the, the accolades and the house and the car and the girl and the everything else then I'd be happy, fulfilled, and all the other things that people are truly chasing. Mm -hmm. when, my mom, when my mom passed away at the age of 58, I realized that 
It's about finding happiness now, mm. even if the things around you aren't necessarily great. Um, and so that is organically where the conversations went in the podcast. You know, although I inter- interview a lot of great entrepreneurs like Ed Milet and Dean Graziosi, our conversations really took on the nature of like, tell me about your rock bottom moments. Let's be vulnerable a little bit. Let's share those things and realize that, yeah, people view individuals as, as superheroes, uh, which is great. But the reality is they're just humans, just like you and I. Yeah. Uh, and so I went on. I, I always like to say the first two years of the podcast were for me. Uh, every single conversation I had was for me to learn how to self-love, learn how to heal, learn how to grow, learn how to get better at relationships, learn how to get better at business, all those different things. And so what ended up formulating was we we actually talk about the four what I call the four pillars of life on the podcast, which is business, relationships, spirituality, and wellness. And that's really kind of what I focus on. But I also get the cool opportunity to talk to celebrities and WWE wrestlers and, uh, you know, everything else in between. So super honored to be able to do what I do. But it really started at a place of hopelessness in a way uh, and has really given me the tools to be the man that I am today, which I, I like I proudly say that I'm proud of the man that I am today. And I couldn't have said that six years ago. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of the, the beginning phase of like, well, let's start this podcast. Cause I, I, by the way, I listened to one podcast kind of, yeah. uh, before I started my podcast. So that was kind of my introduction. I was like, I think I could do that. Um, but, but it really became a journey for me, man, for sure. Yeah. And so in the first two years, you said it was mostly for you about, you know, building, growing and learning and, and sticking to those four pillars. So what kind of changed for you in, in the third year? What, what kind of clicked? Was it like the download numbers went through the roof and you were able to make money off it? Or was it more so like, you just kind of like, ah, I think I have something here from these years of knowledge that I can actually use to help other people. Yeah, I think I think a little bit of yes to both. Um, and, and what I mean by that is uh, what I realized about year one is when, when I started to implement the things I was learning. And when I started to implement the things that I was learning, things started to click in my brain. Uh, business started to create opportunities, right? Or opportunities came in business and opportunities started to show themselves. And I was like, wow, I really have something here. Um, when I say the first two years were for me, it's still for me. It's yeah. just a different level of opportunity and growth. Um, now, I'm fortunate enough that people pay attention all over the country. I, I get downloads in 100 countries every single week, and I'm in the top half percent in all podcasts in the world, which is mind blowing. And I don't say that, by the way, to to brag or to impress anybody. I say it to impress upon people that if I could do it, anybody really can. Right. Yeah. And it was really just a consistency thing. And um, so I think for me at this, the second year, what ended up happening was there was a growth in, in audio or audience, not audio. There was a growth in audience yeah. um, and opportunity. But also I was, I was beginning to, or if not for, far along in the process of becoming the person that, that began to lead individuals. Um, and so where it kind of started from a business standpoint was people, and I'm sure you get these questions all the time, Sam, but like when people, people started to come to me and said, Hey, can you help me with my podcast? Yeah. And I was like, sure. And so that's kind of where business started. And I started a podcast production and coaching company, mm. but then I very quickly started working with, with very famous influencers and all these other individuals. And it became more of like a brand building type of conversation because podcasting is easy now. Like, honestly, if you don't realize that you can Google what, what microphone do I buy and how to use it? Like, that's your answer to that. The, the real question is how do I get the right branding? How do I face forward the right way? How do I do all these things? And so I started working with these big brands and these big influencers, helping them do this. Um, and that was kind of the beginning stages. And then, it, then it morphed into, uh, became a growth co- 
coach where I help people build platforms and help kind of transform their lives in a way by building a business around who they are and their story and their brand. Um, and then obviously the live event started back in 2019 and, and then 2020 COVID. And then we're back to live events in May. So we're pretty excited about that. But, um, you know, it, it was really just an evolution, right? But that started with where's the opportunity? And does it fit in with my mission and message? And, and the answer was, was yes. And I dove in and, um, and then I went full-time podcaster. So I've been a full-time podcaster for four years now, um, which is, which is really, really cool. And, and it's been a really fun journey for me. If you have the cheapest product, you will always have a customer. Somebody's always willing, you know, to, that's the cheapest thing. I'm going to buy that. It's really, really hard to always have the cheapest product. But beyond that, increasingly consumers are saying, you know, before I give you my money, who are you? Yeah. What are you doing with my money? How do you treat your employees? How do you treat the environment? What are you doing with the community? And if you have a social enterprise, you're able to answer those questions. And the same with employees. I don't know what's happening in the UK, but in the US, we have this phenomenon that some people are calling the big quit or the great resignation. But going back to last August, 4 million people each month are quitting their jobs. It's stunning. Mm. And, and really, it's, it's they're rethinking what they're doing. And there are different reasons, you know, to a certain degree, people, a lot of people are saying, I'm no longer going to work for a crap wage, you know, but others are saying, what am I doing this for? I show up every day. What difference does it make? Well, if you're an employer that can say, listen, we have a mission, we have a purpose, and it's more than just make money. People are going to come to you, you know? When others have difficulty hiring, we get a surplus of great candidates because they're drawn to the purpose-driven business. Having a purpose-driven business is is something that is, you know, I, I feel like you just said it's becoming more kind of at the front of people's minds when they start to work somewhere. It's less about how much am I getting paid and it's more like what does the, the input of my, my life energy do for the world? And right. I feel like that's definitely what's at the core of, of John's Crazy Socks is we are here to make the world a better place. And to, like you said, to spread happiness, which is an amazing mission to have. And it's one of those things where for me, I, I'm really curious about as, as the business kind of grew around you both. So wh where you got to being from just you two to now 30 plus employees, what, what has that looked like for, for you, John, as well? And for you, uh, Mark, as well, What's, what does that look like to, to become now, you know, CEOs and bosses where before you were just a, a two person partnership? Well, it's a lot better. Um, you know, some things were simpler when it was just the two of us. But you're limited in what you can do. Uh, we've been very fortunate in a couple of ways. One, um, we've been able to build a really great team around us, which allows us to focus on really the mission of going out and doing speaking engagements and going out and connecting with other people. Because we know, you know, uh, someone asked me the other day, well, you know, aren't you worried um, about getting all the orders out on time? No, 
Andrew Netter, who's our head of fulfillment, he's our Lord of the Socks. He runs a great operation. We can rely on that. Gail, who is our happiness creator, she's answering that poem. We know that our customers are being taken care of. And the other thing that, that uh, was a lesson we learned and it was tough along the way, we bootstrapped. So right from the beginning, we were undercapitalized. We grew rapidly, and that sounds great, but rapid growth is very challenging on your finances. So by the end of the second year, we had a boom year, and on paper, we made lots of money. But I had no money at the end of the year. You know, I'm talking to my accountant, where's all the money? He says, Mark, let's go walk in your warehouse. You see all that inventory, there's your money. And so in 2019, we struggled financially to the point where we were almost bankrupt. Um, and we were talking to investors and we had a lot of people come in. And, oh, we love this. We love the growth. We love what you do. We'll put money in. But you know what they wanted to do? They wanted to shut us down. They were going to come in and buy the brand. They thought that all it was was John's smiling face. But it's so much more. So we had to kiss a lot of toads. Um, but at the end, we found a strategic partner. And that was essential for us. Um, it's a third-generation family business that manufactures socks. They've been doing it for 60 years. Uh, and they make socks for department stores and brand names. So you know, we do sold directly to consumer and we had a real brand. They didn't. Um, and that's been really important to us. So, you know, here's an example in the business side this year, we're going to enter the wholesale channel and be able to sell this through stores Well, we needed the ability to do the manufacturing and get that design work done. Um, one of a U.S. chain called Kohl's, has reached out to us. They love the mission. They love what we were doing. And they said, we want you in our stores. Uh, well, that's great. And now we've worked something out. They're going to have us in 856 coal stores come, descent, come the fourth quarter. Thank God we have our strategic partner that can manage that and, and get that done. So that's been very important to us. Yeah. It's it's amazing to me how many savvy business decisions you and John have made together. You guys have made some excellent decisions because most people, when they're you know the money's not like making sense and things might be a bit difficult and things might be looking like they're gonna you know, go out of business or be bankrupt, it's very easy to go to that first investor and be like, oh, how much? Oh, that's even more than I need or was looking for. Yes, please. But to make that decision to go, do you know what? You're just trying to run us out of business and our goal is to stay open for as long as possible, or if not for forever. Well, I think that's why it's important to know who you are, what you're about. Mm. Because, if, listen, if you're an entrepreneur, it's not a question of will you run into trouble? It's only a question of when. And it's going to be hard. But if you know what your purpose is, you know, what Simon Sinek calls your why. If you know what you're about and you know what your values are, that will 
enable you to keep going forward. It's not going to answer everything. You know, it's the difference. I think it's the difference between confidence and optimism. You know, even in the darkest days, we were always confident that we could find a way forward. We weren't optimistic that, well, it's going to happen next week. You can't hang on that. But we knew we could just keep slogging ahead. We knew what we believed in. Um, and I think that's important to any business. Yeah. And, and that's what you've kept it. The, the core of your message is, you know, obviously happiness and being a, a social enterprise. So what is it like maintaining a social enterprise for nearly coming on six years now? Ha- have there been any times when you've been a bit like, oh, maybe we should just, you know, go the easy route and make make our, you know, socks in China and do, you know, direct-to-consumer type jobs or, you know what I mean? Like that type of thing. No, because we wouldn't have the business we have if we didn't have the social. Think about it. We've gone out and counted. Mm. There are exactly one gazillion sock companies out there. <laughs> if all you're doing is selling socks, what do you say? Oh, ours are better than yours. Ours are cheaper than yours. What? Ours don't smell as much as yours. Um, how do you stand out in the marketplace? Why should people buy from you? But for us, yes, we are the world's largest sock store now in, in terms of choice. But at the end of the day, we're not really a sock store. The socks become the physical manifestation of the story and the mission. And that separates us in the marketplace. Yeah. Right? That makes a difference. Try harder, try harder. Exhaustive efforts. I define people in two categories in the in the types of people I come up against. There's there's the the um the grinders, which are those people that put in exhaustive effort, they work exhaustive hours, they never have enough time in the day, they do all of this stuff and everything else. And and they end up putting out this huge intense efforts yeah and getting minimal results mm-hmm. and if and, and and when you ask me about people who come along and say yeah i don't believe in that stuff a lot of people don't believe in it because what happened is they experience these people who are out here talking and these coaches that are talking about if you want something you got to take massive action into it you know and and really when you look at those people it really sorry about this but it really kind of upsets me because you have people backing up that conditioning of that try harder yeah Yet those people didn't do that. They yeah. have teams of people who work their butts off for them in what they do. Yeah. But in themselves, they didn't try harder. Mm. What they did is they got into alignment with it. So where people talk about take massive actions into what you want and things like that, it, 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 it never works. What happens is when we can slow down, when we can take inspired actions, when we can have a vision and letting that lead what our actions are, that's how those people, what I call the crushers are, who just live life easily, right? They just kind of like sit back and they go, you know, I think I'll do this. And they do it and this huge results come from it. Oh my God, aha moments for people when their light goes off and they see a different way of doing something when they start to see what's possible, right? When they, um, I'll give you an example. I have a client, we did this recently. Great, great, great guy comes out of blue collar manufacturing, um, is a, got a bit, has a business doing employee engagement for blue collar manufacturing companies. Then leadership and employee engagement training. That's, that was his world. He came up from the bottom, 
nice Midwestern, love, 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 right? But what was happening was, and everyone liked him, but he was going into his prospects with a list of 26 different uh, workshops that they could pick from. Mm. And so he was making some money, but not really good money. Plus, he was selling them at like $2,500 a pop. So how much sales does that take to hit some good numbers, right? This was a lot of work. And so we started working together and I'm like asking a million questions. And I said, you know what, what if, um, what are the three most important workshops? Like, what are the three that are most important? So he told me, I'm like, okay, great. Like, here's the thing, he knows how to do what he does. He's great at what he does. Mm. I said, okay, these are the three most important. Then he has this really cool um, online like app for accountability because these guys work on the floor. They don't leave to go to meetings and stuff, right? And so I'm like, okay. So here's what we do. We package up these three workshops that you said are so great with six to nine months of your app follow-up. And then he had this graph, this statistic, that for a $10 million or more company, the price of a disengaged employee is $25,000. The cost of the company for a disengaged employee is $25,000. I'm like, dude, it's from like the la- the Bureau of Labor Statistics. This is a good, <laughs> like, this is a good graph to have. Mm. I said, there we go. There's your package. Mitig- inst- instead of just labeling yourself employee engagement trainer, what if we start talking about your business as mitigating the number one risk to your business, a disengaged employee? Yeah. And your year-long package that now actually serves your client. So this is not just better for him. This is much better for his client. Mm. Is the same price as solving one person's problem. And now he goes in as what I call a thought leader instead of a vendor. And he's selling $25,000 packages instead of $2,500 packages by doing better at his job. Mm. Except he needed to, we just needed to rearrange the pieces for him. Yeah. Changed his life, changed his clients' businesses. Like... How amazing is it to get to be able to help people? Like, humbling and exciting and rewarding to get to be able to do that with somebody. That's fun. So as you just heard, there's many different reasons why you can start or run a business. And I encourage you to take a moment of self-reflection and think about your own business your business ideas or professional journey and think to yourself, why? Why do I want to do this thing? What will drive you or what does drive you every morning to do this thing? So have a think about these things. Later on in the episode, we will dive into tools and techniques to help you refine and understand your why. But it's important to have clarity and focus when you're deciding what your purpose is. And one thing we can't overlook is the role of mental sharpness. It's so important to have mental clarity when you're discovering and pursuing your why. And this is where our sponsor Magic Mind comes into play. Magic Mind for me, I've been taking it for about the last month and it's been much more than just a drink for me. It's been helping me have mental clarity and sustained focus throughout the course of the day. I've personally experienced so many benefits, such as not having that weird caffeine crash that you can have once you've had far too many coffees in a day. And that clarity and mental focus is sustained throughout the day. All the ingredients in Magic Mind really just kind of help for focus, energy, and relieving stress. 
ashwagandha, turmeric, matcha, cordyceps mushrooms, lion's mane mushrooms, and a whole host of other things have helped me have reduced stress, improved focus and clarity, steady and calm energy, and these benefits have built up over time. If you're looking to improve your focus and have sustained energy throughout the day, I've got a special offer just for you. Go to magicmind.com forward slash Media to get your hands on the drink that will help you smash your goals in 2024. If you use the code DRINKCAST20, you'll get 20% off your purchase anytime. This deal is for listeners of our show who want to take their productivity and focus to the next level this year. The links I've mentioned will be in the description. Taking all these things into account, finding your why isn't always straightforward. It often requires a lot of introspection and a bit of soul searching. We're going to explore some strategies and tools that can guide you from vision boarding to mindfulness practices. We're going to cover methods that can connect you with your core values and translate them into your business ethos. One of the most effective ways to start is through self-reflection. Grab a notebook and let's dive in. The best way I've found is to answer questions like, what activities make me feel the most fulfilled? When do I feel I've done my best work that I'm most proud of? What impact do I want to have on my community or the world? And if you just write down questions like this that are kind of prompting you to think about yourself in a way that you've probably never thought about yourself, you'll kind of see a theme that runs through. And it could be something like, hey, I'm always enjoying when I'm helping people or I like when I'm solving problems. That could be your why, or at least a pointing in the direction of where your why could be. Another useful technique is vision boarding. So create a vision board that represents your goals and dreams. Use images, quotes, and symbols that resonate with you. And this visual representation can help clarify your thoughts and aspirations, as well as give you a North Star to head towards. So when you are doing your day-to-day things, you're actually going, does this get me closer to what's on my vision board? And one thing I would really, really try to stress to you is try and make it as abstract as possible. Don't have this idea of, I want this exact house that I've seen on Rightmove or Zoopla or whatever website you're on. Go like, I'd like a house with a pool because I think having a morning swim would really be nice and enjoyable. Or I don't want a Ferrari just to have a Ferrari because I love cars. Think about the experience that comes with having a Ferrari and all the things that you would enjoy doing in the Ferrari. And as well, try not to include things like designer clothes or having lots of money. Take those things for a given because when you're pursuing your why, everything else that you want kind of falls into place as long as it's really aligned with who you are and what you want to do as well as why you want to do it. And another thing that kind of helps in conjunction with the vision board is doing a a personal history map. Reflecting your life and your career, identify the moments you felt most alive and fulfilled. What were you doing? Who were you with? Were you helping people? Finding patterns in these moments can give you a guide to your why. And again, if you look over the kind of history of your life, maybe even your career history or businesses that you started and maybe closed or started and have been successful, try track what were the best moments for you of those experiences. And for some people, you might have to go all the way back to being in school. Having a clear kind of personal history map of your life 
will really help push you towards your why. And also you could kind of look for the negatives of things. What didn't you like about certain parts of your life, such as your first job or your first business or your time at school? And look at the flip side of that and go, how would I improve these things? Taking into account the questionnaire exercise, making a vision board and doing a personal history map, there's more practical tools that you might have come across in the business world that can definitely apply to your life. Things such as SWOT analysis. So a SWOT analysis is where you look at your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats of yourself. And it will help you to understand what you excel at and what you're passionate about. And again, if you apply this SWOT analysis in conjunction with your vision board and your questionnaire exercises and the personal history map, you're going to come up with a very clear image of who you are, what you're good at, what you're bad at, things that you're maybe not doing that you could be doing, and things that are going to really take away from you achieving what you want to achieve. And, you know, for me doing this kind of live on air now, my strengths are that I'm a really good communicator. I have great conversations with entrepreneurs and business owners every week. But one of my weaknesses has been really kind of distilling the messages that they've been speaking about and giving them to you in a, in a way that you're able to kind of go, oh, okay, that's what was going on in this episode. Because I think following the, the kind of the core of what the podcast wanted to be about for me in the beginning was talking to entrepreneurs and business owners and just understanding how they did what they did. Whereas now that's actually become something that is kind of a given, that's always gonna happen. That's the, the format of the show. But the strength I have is I'm able to actually get these kind of teachings and learnings out of them. So yeah, my strengths and my weaknesses, I've not really delved too deep into them, but it will be something I'll probably do off air actually. But the opportunities for this podcast have been to record episodes like the one I'm doing right now, which are, you know, giving you practical tools to actually get things done in your business or to at least make you a better person to run your business. And the threats, well, the threats to this podcast not really working out or not going as I envisioned it is me not putting in the hours. And by putting in the hours, I mean recording the conversations or recording these solo episodes, not doing enough research about my guests in order to, in order to have conversations that really do make my guests feel like they've, they've had the best conversation on a podcast they've had in a long time. So yeah, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. This is definitely something I'm actually going to do in my own time and probably come on air and talk about this with you just so that you can kind of have a, an idea of how deep it can go and what it can do for finding your why. But another thing that's quite useful if you don't want to get too deep into the SWOT analysis side of things is mind mapping. So you can use mind mapping to explore your interests and values and start with a central kind of idea such as my business purpose and branch out into related thoughts and feelings. So for example, with the podcast, my podcast focus was to have interesting conversations with entrepreneurs and business owners. It was also to build an audience of people that were interested in the same things I'm interested in. And then from there, it's kind of branched out and it's like, okay, I wanna actually teach these people practical tools and tips and have a kind of resource or a guidebook of all the things that I know. Someone said to me towards the end of last year that all these things that you know, if you're not sharing them, then you're wasting them. I was like, damn, that really stuck with me. So I really encourage you to do the mind mapping thing if you're not too hot on the SWOT analysis. 
Another technique is meditation and mindfulness. I've been practicing mindfulness, let's say for about the last 10 years. So before it became really popular, I actually was able to find out about meditation and mindfulness. And it took a long time for me to really see the usefulness or the power of mindfulness. Because you feel like you just sat there not doing anything. You're sat there and all your thoughts are rushing in and out of your head and into your mind. You go, oh gosh, like, wow. Okay, like I'm, I'm really focusing on not thinking. That's the whole point. I'm trying not to think, so that's what I'm thinking. The real benefit of mindfulness and meditation is about clearing your mind. And somehow for me, through clearing my mind, it's allowed for me to have deeper insights into what I really want and what really drives me. And it doesn't have to be these kind of long, hour long, half an hour long meditations. It could be five, 10 minutes where you sit and you just exist. It sounds very odd. You just sit there, you can have your eyes open, you can have your eyes closed and you think. And when I say you think, I mean as in you let your thoughts come and go as you please. Out of all the things that I've actually suggested today, I really, really encourage you to try meditation and mindfulness because it will over time have a profound impact on your life, mental health, and your just general ability to function. And it's the least barrier to entry thing you can do. All it is, is sitting there and thinking. So yeah, really give mindfulness and meditation a try. I'd also encourage you to look at other successful entrepreneurs, research people that have been wildly successful, Steve Jobs, Oprah Winfrey, or even, you know, smaller business owners that you could listen to on other podcasts, they will always talk about their why, how they discovered it. And it's usually a mix of personal values, experiences, and a desire to make a difference that shapes the world and their purpose at the same time. There's some great podcasts you can listen to, but one that I highly suggest would be Founders Podcast, which is by, I think his name is David Senra or something like that. But if you search Founders, you'll see it, black and white artwork. He really dives into the history of an entrepreneur starting out with you know, where they got the idea to start doing what they're doing. But he also dives into the why. And he has all these kind of quotes and phrases that he says, like almost religiously, where he's like, you know, the story of the father is embedded in the son and all this kind of stuff, where it's like people finding their why and their purpose sometimes is kind of pre-decided for them by the environment that they've grown up in or who their father was, where they went to school, or where they grew up, or what things they experienced. So yeah, I, I highly encourage you to listen to Founders Podcast. And finding your why is a journey of self-discovery, of reflection. It's about aligning your work with what truly matters to you. I encourage you to take time to engage with these exercises and tools and sit and think, why? Why are you doing what you're doing? And use that as a guiding light that will pull you through the highs and lows of entrepreneurship. And remember, understanding your why is the cornerstone of a successful business, but also a fulfilling entrepreneurial journey. Thank you again to our sponsor, Magic Mind. Again, if you go to the website, magicmind.com forward slash Stringcast Media, or you use the code Stringcast20, you'll get a lovely little discount there. And again, please reflect on what I've discussed today and consider how you can bring your why to the forefront of your business strategy. Thank you for listening. New episodes come out every Monday. 
And next week will be another solo episode. So I look forward to seeing you then. Take care. <laughs>